This is the NRL.com Final Series Podcast. This is it. Hello and welcome to the NRL Finals Podcast. Adrian McMurray alongside Chris Kennedy and Martin Gabor as we look ahead to the 2017 Telstra Premiership Grand Final. You can find us on Twitter at Adrian McMurray, at CKennedy80 and at Martin J. Gabor. Well, after a long season, it all comes down to this Sunday. We have two very deserving grand finalists for quite different reasons. But before we get on to the football, I thought we'd touch on the grand final entertainment. Of course, this year we have Macklemore. What an outstanding choice, I thought, personally. But I wanted to ask, what is your favourite grand final act from grand finals of years gone by? You mean after Billy Idol? Well, he set the, set the standard pretty yeah. high. Um, yeah, I'll just go Billy Idol. <laughs> Uh, right, that's a glorious uh, selection. Uh, uh, yeah, see what you did there. Um, yep. It's a weird one because everyone seems to complain no matter who we pick. But when you mm. think about it, if you were to buy a ticket to an artist's concert, it's like 250 bucks. Mm. With your grand final, you're getting to see these guys for free. So we've got, what, in past years, The Living End, Cold Chisel, mm. Script, um, t- Drops of Jupiter Train. So that's the one. Uh, yeah. So it's, it's pretty stellar. Artists have come here. So, yeah, quit the complaining and just enjoy uh, whatever Macklemore's got for us on Sunday. Just on Macklemore, like I, when they said that's going to be Macklemore, I was like, I've got no idea who that is. And someone played me a song. I'm like, oh, yeah, I've heard that. It's not necessarily my taste in music, but he's a big popular American act. So, like, yeah, quit the complaining, everyone. Like, you can't make everyone happy. It's not going to be cold chisel every year. Just- there aren't many people who have been Triple J, Hottest 100 winner and Channel V, number one song of the year, and he fills both, so... There you go. I think he's got everyone covered. Yeah, adds a bit of showbiz to proceedings as well. Just adds to a bit of the, the glamour and you know excitement mm. for the day. So uh, we'll see him in action this Sunday at ANZ Stadium, along with, uh, of course, the teams playing on grand final day. <laughs> the teams <laughs> are going to be there as well. Yeah. After I mean, Macklemore's there. <laughs> some, some guys will play footy, you know. Support, support, sport acts, basically. Yeah. Anyway, before we look ahead to Sunday, I thought we'd touch on the teams that bowed out last week, of course, the Broncos and the Roosters both had outstanding seasons, um, but fell at the final hurdle before the big day. We'll start with the Broncos, and Darius Boyd played, but really wasn't that effective. Yeah, I mean, obviously Brisbane were desperate for him to play and play well. I think they missed him, obviously they missed him when he was out. Um, presumably he wouldn't have played if he didn't get through the, um, you know, the captain's run, seeming to be pretty fit but obviously that didn't pan out and he had to go off uh, at half time and they would have in hindsight been better off just not picking him and going with Cody at, at fullback and, and having a fully fit 17 but uh, maybe they figured that without a fully fit Darius Boyd they weren't going to beat Melbourne anyway so it was worth the gamble I'm not sure. I think they had four double bassists and no conductor pretty much I mean <laughs> you, you can't I don't think you can carry Cody Nikarima Ben Hunt, Anthony Milford and Benji Marshall in the same team. They're all too small. Um, you just saw with the kicking game, no one really knew who was in charge. And just <clears throat> guys like, I think we might get on it later, but Nelson Sova solomona just spotted Cody Nicarima in the line. Cody's giving up 26 centimetres and 31 kilos. I mean, it's just a complete mismatch. Darius Boyd, I mean, he might have trained well, but you can never really gauge how fit you are until you're actually in game day scenario and I think it was evident after about 10 minutes that he should not have played. 
With with the Broncos uh, losing Hunt next year, do you have some sort of concern over their lack of uh, a game manager? Well, it's interesting, not so much in the halves, because they get Andrew McCulloch back, and I think mm. he really gets them going forward, which then gives room to guys like Nick Arima and Milford to, to do their thing. So I'm not con- so much concerned in that. And, I mean, if you look at the game against Melbourne, I mean, if they take their opportunities, they should have scored three tries in the first mm. half. And against Melbourne, as Trent Robinson always says, you, there are moments. You have to win the moments. You only get three or four chances against a team like Melbourne, and they did not take them. That's why they lost. Let's turn our attention now to the Roosters. Um, probably the most curious thing was, again, playing Daniel Tupo from the bench um, and, and starting Ryan Madison in the back line. Yep. Um, didn't really work out in the end. I literally just did a story with Ryan Madison that week saying he was a back rower now as well. <laughs> but, um, yeah, it's, I mean, far be it from me to tell Trent Robinson how to coach an NRL team. He's probably more qualified than I am. But I would imagine that with the benefit of hindsight, putting Daniel Tupo on the bench for the sake of an ineffective 15 minutes towards the back end of the game um, was not the right move, especially when you've got Connor Watson there as the utility already, having two backs on the bench in a game where it's you know it's going to be physical. Um, I think the Cowboys ended up with 58% of the ball or something, so they just wore the Roosters out. Um, their forwards played really well as well. So if you're going to play, like Ryan Madison's pretty good in the centres usually, mm. so if you're going to start with that back line, just leave Tupo out, pick Kane Evans or another forward to allow you to match it in the middle, or start Dan Tupo if he's fit enough to play, he's fit enough to start, put Ryan Madison into the forward rotation, and then again you've got an extra you know, big body there to, to counter what the Cowboys are doing. So I think that was a bit of a misstep from the Roosters. Well, look, whatever Tr- Trent Robinson's game plan was, it backfired. And I think it came down to that first 20 minutes. Um, the Roosters had no ball, um, did a lot of defence, and that just took it out of guys like Jared Warrior, Hargraves and Dylan Napa, who I think combined for maybe 100 metres. Mm. Uh, Tal more than doubled that by himself. Um, so it may, I don't know if you wanted to bring Daniel Tupo on as an X factor later in the game, but yeah, the, the groundwork was never laid there by the forwards. And as you said, they were missing that big body, mm. to a fresh body as well to contend with Tamalolo. And we saw when he came on in for his second stint with his first run, picked out a few of those smaller guys who'd been on the field for about half an hour, got the quick play of the ball, scattered defensive line, Michael Morgan did the rest. You talk about the metres, I think Tamalolo's 209, he outran the entire Roosters starting pack other than Boyd Cordner, so the remaining five members of the pack didn't combine through the 80 minutes for as many metres as Tamalolo did, which is pretty telling. Unbelievable. <laughs> we should point out as well that obviously it was a fantastic turnaround this season for the Roosters to finish in the final four after a disastrous campaign last year. And of course they will be getting the services of James Tedesco next season, so mm. it's not all uh, doom and gloom for the Bondi club. I almost can't see them not winning a comp next year. You take, you know, Cronk and potentially Slater out of the storm, you throw Tedesco into the Roosters who already came second, they look fearsome next year. Well, every team looks weaker, except maybe the Dragons, you get James Graham and Ben Hunt. Mm. But the Roosters, I know they lose a couple of guys, but James Tedesco just outweighs that completely. Yeah. All right, well, have a look now at, of course, uh, Rugby League's Night of Nights, the Dally M's. Uh, if you're listening to this on a Wednesday when the podcast is released, it will be tonight. Um, if you're listening afterwards, you will have already known what's going to happen. <laughs> but at the time of speaking, we don't know who's going to win. But we do have a strong feeling that after his stellar campaign, Cameron Smith will walk away with the Dally M. 
Well, he was, uh, what, five votes clear when it went behind closed doors after round 14 ahead of Mitchell Pearce. Uh, Smith certainly had a stronger back end of the season than Pearce. Uh, Clint Gutherson was one who was polling strongly. He was close behind Mitchell Pearce and continued to poll well up until his injury, but obviously then he did get injured and that'll, that'll rub him out from making a, a late charge. I just can't see anyone getting too close to Cameron. Well, we all thought he'd win the RLPA award. He didn't win that. Um, <laughs> I know a lot of people think Jason Tamalolo should win and he, to be fair, he's probably playing better this year than he did in 2016, but I need to remind the listeners that he was suspended for two weeks earlier in the season. Thus, uh, he had six points taken off him, so... Even Jason Talmolo, I don't I think it's probably a stretch too far for him. Daly Cherubins was was up there in the conversation as well. Had a, a very good campaign for Manly, but it looks like it'll be Smiths to win. Uh, looking at the Rookie of the Year award, uh, I guess two main contenders in yeah. Nick Kotrick and uh, Jaden Braley. Kotrick, 16 tries and 17 line breaks in an outstanding debut season. Uh, Braley's injury didn't really... Uh, yeah. help his, his chances, but he's, he's up there as well. I think the injury will probably um, be the difference between Braley making a charge for it and not. Uh, Braley playing in, you'd have to say, a tougher position for a rookie. Mm. Um, you see wingers often can come in and be very good very quickly at a, at a young age and a lot of them sort of are best in their first couple of years and then sort of taper off through their 20s. To be as good as Kotrick is at such a young age is still absurd. He's an absolute beast of an 18-year-old and can only imagine how good he'll be in two or three years. Um, but to be playing the minutes that Braley's playing at hooker um, and filling in the, the gulf that Michael Ennis left is certainly warrants mention. But yeah, I think the consistent form of Kotrick throughout the year will, will get it for him. Yeah, you look at the guys Jaden Braley also kept on the sidelines. I mean, at the start of year, they had, what, Daniel Mortimer, James Seguiaro came across, Mania Charrington. Mania Charrington, and this guy started from round one. So, yeah, look, the, the broken jaw's going to cost him, and Nick Cotrick's a deserving winner. Also, a special mention to a couple of Penrith's young guns. They seem to develop a few young uh, kids every year. Dylan Edwards, I think, just... Mm-hmm. a stellar season at the back and Corey Harawiranara yep. not many people had probably heard of him before 2017 yeah. and he made that right edge his own a fantasy favourite as well <laughs> scoring plenty of points um, in his debut season looking at the coaches now um, Brad Arthur, Craig Bellamy those sorts of guys are in the conversation Trent Barrett maybe as well um, yeah, I'd almost be tempted to give it to Brad Arthur just based on the troubles that the Eels have had in previous years, the wreckage of the Salary Cup dramas last year, what he's been able to do with that group, getting them all you know, playing together, playing on the same page. In a t- they had no origin players this year, mm. um, so it's, not, it's hardly a star-studded team. To get them to fourth, um, I think the forward pack overachieved based on what people were expecting from them. Um, it's been a huge achievement from Bad Arthur, but yeah, I mean Craig Bellamy, the Storm only lost four games all season, and uh, and the Roosters as well. Trent Robertson took a team from fifteenth to second is a pretty worthy uh, achievement as well. Yeah, I'm going to jump on the Brad Arthur bandwagon as well. You throw in the Mitch Moses mid-season acquisition; he's turned him into one of the yeah. premier playmakers in the game. Dealt with a couple of long-term injuries. Uh, Pritchard was out. Bo Scott missed a lot of the season. Clint Gutherson obviously yep. went down. Michael Jennings, I think, spent time on the sideline. So, look, Craig Bellamy, yeah, it's kind of unfair. It's a bit like the, Tom Brady. The, he should probably win MVP every year in the <laughs> NFL. Same with LeBron James. But when you expect it of them and you see these other teams like the Eels who a massive resurgence from them, they're the guys you're going to look at. So I think Brad Arthur's probably got this one in the bag. The full team of the year will be revealed tonight, but Martin, I think you have a, a smoky or two uh, for a few of the positional awards. Yeah, look, I know based on the voting, it's going to be hard for these guys to get it, but Felice Cafusi, if mm. anyone had told you that he'd be the backer of the year 
before round one, you'd probably call him crazy, but he has been unbelievable. There's a lot of debate who'd get uh, Kevin Proctor's right-edge spot, Joe Stimson, Kenny Bromwich, but Felice has made it his own. I think he missed out on the grand final last year. I don't know if he was driven by that. Uh, I think he scored eight tries. His combination with Cronk and Billy Slater on the right edge is phenomenal. Um, I was really looking forward to him against Boyd Corden, actually, if the Roosters had gotten through, because I think they're probably the two <coughs> best back rows in the game. But for mine, uh, Felice probably deserves that award. Yeah, I can't argue with that. I think people are talking about Boyd Cordner and Matt Chillard and, and Wade Graham and a few other guys who've all been good, but not. I don't think any of those guys have been as consistent as Kafusi and obviously, like you mentioned, stepping up into a, a huge golfer as the other guys have sort of continued what they've done in previous years. Uh, and Felice, even taking that out, has been arguably the best performed anyway. So, yeah, I think he'd be an absolutely worthy back row of the year. All will be revealed at the start tonight, or Wednesday night. Uh, so we'll wait and see what happens there. Let's have a look at the, the big one now. Sunday's grand final, the Storm and the Cowboys, of course. 7.15 kickoff at ANZ Stadium. In the team news, no changes for either side. Uh, no grand final week drama in terms of the judiciary, in terms of injury. But Matt Scott has been listed among the reserves again. Paul Green, whether it's mind games, whether he's uh, playing a straight bat, said he won't be there unless there is an injury to the 17, and they're going yep. to stick solid with the side that got them to the grand final. Yeah, I think that's the right call. Um, it'd be a huge ask for him to come back after six months out straight into a, a grand final as much as it'd be a you know a wonderful story. I think it'd be very rough on someone like Corey Jensen, who's been doing a good job uh, off the bench, who would probably be the one in line to, to lose his spot. Um, Paul Green said it's not going to happen unless there's an injury, and as far as I know, they're all... Even like half the team's carrying some sort of injury, but I don't think anyone's in doubt of missing the game at this point. Yeah, I didn't do chemistry or math in year 12. And if you ask my year eight teachers, I probably didn't do it then either. But I wouldn't <laughs> be changing a winning formula. Um, it sounds ludicrous to uh, think you wouldn't pick a kangaroo's prop if he's available, but what's the point? I mean, these guys have gotten them there. Yeah. Um, be really hard. And I, I think I read that there was talk that Corey Jensen should give up his ring. Should he win it? Why? Is I mean, it? he's been there for most of the year. Um, mm. If they win, he thoroughly deserves it. Now, there's plenty of grand final experience for both sides. Uh, this will be Cooper Cronk's seventh. Smith and Slater will be playing in their sixth. Chambers, uh, will Chambers and Dale Finucane in their fourth. But the Cowboys, 12 of their 17 named played in the 2015 decider so they might not have the extensive you know year-on-year -year experience but they played together largely as a group just mm. two years ago um, so really both these sides know largely what to expect yeah it's incredible the consistency the cowboys have had in that roster i think the um the entire back line barring Tamari Martin coming in for Thurston is the same. Um, it'd actually be 14 of 17 if Thurston and Matt Scott were fit. So they've got almost the entire grand final squad together. Um, it's a group of guys that really understand how each other plays. And you talk about it, you know, a champion team beating a team of champions. I think well, we've got two champion teams here, no question. But the, the Cowboys are the epitome of that just because um, you take two of their biggest stars out and they're still playing so well as a unit. It's, um, it's incredible what they've achieved. What he said. <laughs> uh, Jason Taumalolo, um, there's been a lot of talk. I mean, last week there was there was some great theatre around Warrior Hargreaves mm. calling him out and saying, look, I'm going to take it to you. Um, obviously it didn't work out too well. Do you think any of the Storm forwards are going to be brave enough to uh, lay down the challenge to Big Jace? I think they'll be much more... Uh 
diplomatic and internally focused <laughs> than that. I've got to give credit to, to Hargreaves over that because it was a um, it was a good interview and there's some really nice quotes mm. in there. And I, you know, it's the, at the end of the day, sports theatre, and that's why we yeah. all love watching it. So if everyone just you know says we're just focusing ourselves and take it week to week, then you know it puts fans to sleep. So credit to Hargreaves for spicing things up a little bit. But obviously, the flip side of that coin is when uh, when things don't go your way, then you hear about it afterwards. But he'll he'll cop it sweet. I think Storm assistant coach Jason Riles said that they're not foolish enough to poke the bear. Um, <laughs> you just look at Tamalo's numbers. So far, this final series, 259, 242, and 256 running metres. There's only one of the forward in the three weeks who's run for over 200 metres. That was Nathan Brown against the Cowboys. Um, and just the, the way Melbourne's pack operates, uh, they're not going to look for the one-on-one battles. They sort of work as a cohesive unit. They're not going to rush out of the line. So yeah, I don't think anyone's going to go head-to-head with uh, JT. Just quickly as well, um, Kronk, obviously his last game in Melbourne, Colours, potentially Slater as well. Do we see Kronk play next year? Do we see Slater stay with Melbourne uh, for 2018? Well, it's the big question, isn't it? Gabs, do you want to have a stab at it? Uh, Kronk, I think regardless of the result, probably doesn't play. Mm. I think by now, I mean, I know the salary cap's not finalised, but... No club's got a million dollars. I mean, and he's a million-dollar player. I saw there was a train of thought that he could be a, a captain, coach, but that's in this era, that's it's too not hard. not bush footy, is it? Exactly <laughs> right. You can't do that. Uh, Billy Slater, well, look, he, he, you almost have to forget his age given that he didn't play for basically two mm. years, so his body's probably still really fresh. There's still that temptation. He's 30 tries behind Ken Irvine uh, for the leading try scorer title. Um, I think, look, it'd be romantic for him to go out with a premiership, mm. but even if they were to win it, I wouldn't be surprised to see him run around for another year. We'll get uh, your grand final tips and tip for first try scorer and the Clive Churchill medal later. Let's turn our attention now to the fantasy game. Um, of course, it's the last chance to win the, the cash-on offer. Um, really easy selection, really, at hooker uh, this week. It's a bit of a no-brainer, isn't it? <laughs> uh, ben Hampton, yeah. yeah. <laughs> uh, Cameron Smith, of course, uh, the, the, the easy option there. It's a bit different in the front row, though. Mm. Uh, Jesse Bromwich, Scott Bolton, both producing similar numbers throughout the season. Jesse Bromwich, 37 last week, and Scott Bolton, 60-odd with that late try. So mm. he's, uh, he's been a bit of a dark horse. He's fancying 53 and then 58 or 60. So he's, uh, he's the form prop at the moment. Although Felice Cafusi's available in the front row as well, and he's going great. Yeah, I was going to touch on the back row. Uh, yeah, Cafusi, 68 last week. Uh, Taumalolo, obviously, very good. But a smoky um, in Ethan Lowe, who does add mm. goal-kicking to his repertoire, so that could add a, a few yeah. more points. Tamalolo, despite all his metres, remarkably, last week, uh, if you picked the best possible team, you didn't pick Tamalolo at all. You had uh, Scott Bolton and Aidan Guerra as your forwards uh, in that game. Yeah, I think Melbourne have traditionally actually handled him quite well. I think mm. last year in the final series, or maybe earlier in the year, they actually kept him to under 100 metres, which is unheard of. Uh, I'll still be picking him. Um, I don't think yeah. you can go wrong in the back row. You throw in Tohu Harris as well. Mm. And these are all guys who t- traditionally will get 50 plus so Tamalolo is the obvious selection but if you want to go left field if you're chasing points definitely go for someone else <laughs> <laughs> bold call <laughs> <laughs> it's all happening on the, the grand final edition of the podcast the halves uh, Michael Morgan Cameron Munster and Cooper Cronk not traditionally a massive uh, mm. fantasy scorer but you know he could he could go well here with a few uh, try assists yeah well Michael Morgan's the the four man isn't he Cooper Cronk yeah. 
uh, even when Stormer playing well doesn't necessarily dominate the stats, just given, you know, Slater and Munster and Smith all sort of sharing the, the try assists and the, the stuff around. So um, you can pick Munster at fullback as well if you fancy him over Slater. So I'm definitely going Michael Morgan in the halves. Yeah, I, I think you can make a case for Cameron Munster. I mean, same with Morgan. He'll be pushing for that Kangaroos um, number six jersey. So if he can outpoint him on Sunday, that'll go a long way to impressing Mal Meninga. Um, and of course, across the back line, we've got guys like Kane Linnett, who scored 60 last week. Not not usually a big scorer, but he, he did well uh, in the prelim. Will Chambers, um, Kyle Felt, we know he's he loves a try and mm-hmm. loves a spectacular one at that. Unfortunately, no more bonus fantasy points for the, uh, the spectacular <laughs> efforts, but uh, uh, he will still score reasonably well. And Josh Adokara and, and Suliasi Vunavalu as well uh, available. Fantasy.nrl.com is where you want to go to put in your grand final team. CK, you'll be back on Thursday with the... Thursday morning with the preview show, yep. Preview show, running through all of that in greater detail. We will look forward to that. And we're also looking forward to the Holden Cup grand final, the last ever uh, NYC designer. It's the fourth place Parramatta Eels and the eighth place Manly Warringah Seagulls. 1.35 kickoff time. Manly survived three weeks of the finals and a car crash last week to make it into the GF. Unbelievable. I spoke to the captain, Manase Faunu, after the game. Uh, there were four of them coming from, I think, Guildford, and they were hit from behind in the M5 tunnel. Um, decided to look at the damage, thought, yeah, probably can't drive this on. Uh, called one of the, uh, the father of one of their teammates. He picked them up. They got to the ground about 10 minutes before the game. The team had to delay warm-up. You wouldn't have known, though, uh, the guys in the car. Uh, Tavita Funa set up a try. If you can watch it on replay, it's an incredible banana kick. He kicked, I think, five goals. And then their lock forward, um, Haumole Olakautu, scored a hat-trick as well. And he's a beast. He's, I think he's got 15 tries this year. Um, locking the scrum it's an incredible Impressive. effort yeah um and yeah they're just the giant killers manly it's it's mm. un, i wouldn't say unprecedented the warriors in 2014 won it from eighth but if you consider a bit like the cowboys they didn't know their finals fate until the end of round 26 they snuck into eighth on four and against uh took down the cowboys uh, ironically in week one of the finals ousted the minor premierships comfortably in week two and then scored three late tries to uh, streak clear of the uh, Dragons last week. They've got all the momentum. Uh, having said that, though, of course, Parramatta a fantastic uh, season themselves, and they've got a couple of handy uh, handy backs who, you know, love to find the try line. Greg Lalesio, as I said last week, he's the next semi ride rider. His try last week ran a beautiful line off their back rower. He, in the final series so far in two games, uh, 501 metres, uh, 27 tackle busts, uh, and a couple of tries. He's run for over 200 metres in nine of his past 10 matches. Uh, this kid is unbelievable. And I also understand he's a freak break dancer, apparently. So, oh. um, yeah, <laughs> post-try celebrations could be <laughs> exciting. A man of many talents. Um, Are they still minus Troy Dargan? So, yeah, Troy Dargan's out and uh, picked up... A I think it's an ankle injury. Um, but they didn't have him last game and they still got the job done. Didn't have him last game. Uh, Dylan Brown, I think it is, came in. Yep. And interesting backstory, he didn't start the year because he was only 17, so he wasn't actually old enough to play 20s. I think he might have had an injury as well. He's come in now, uh, tapped on a ball last week for a really good try, I think, for the fullback as well. So he looked really comfortable, uh, wasn't daunted by the occasion. Um, so, yeah, D- Dargan's obviously it's upsetting for him because he's been really good. I think he was team of the year last year, so he's a big loss, but Brown has shown that he's more than capable of filling the void. So your tip is... 
I've gone Parramatta by 14. Um, <laughs> um, pretty close in NYC terms. Well, it is. Uh, look, anything can happen. I mean, we've seen some ripping finals from, I think, Canberra's Golden Point try in uh, 2008. Last year, the Roosters came back from 28-6 down at half time to win it. Look to 2011, re- the one-point uh, extra time Cowboys-Warriors game. There you go. I've got Reed Mahoney as my man of the match. Mm-hmm. He's named on the bench, but he'll start. They've named him on the bench the last two games. He started hooker. Last week, 47 tackles, 136 metres and three line breaks. This kid is a gun. Look okay. for him to take home the uh, man of the match medal. It's okay. Eels for you as well? Eels for me, yep. All right, we'll make it uh, eels all round in the Holden Cup. Uh, enjoy what's going to be a you know a massive uh, day there for that competition wrapping up in its current form. The Intrust State Championship as well being played on Grand Final Day as it has for the last four years. Uh, well, this will be the fourth instalment. Uh, the PNG Hunters and the Penrith Panthers, 3:40 p.m. The Hunters, the the big story in this one, yeah. they scraped past the Sunshine Coast Falcons uh, with Arce Boas, the hero. Penrith, they did well to beat a strong Wyong Roos side. Darren Nichols, uh, he's been strong. Um, the Panthers start hot favourites, but uh, PNG will have plenty of support, no doubt. Yeah, what a story. The Hunters have plenty of neutral support. Um, obviously, a big chunk of Sydney and certainly Penrith fans hoping that they can uh, get up in the, the state championship. But I think, um, yeah, for most people, the, the Hunters are the story. The Boas brothers, the incredible uh, come from behind, you know, last gasp win over Sunny Coast last week. Um, yeah, really looking forward to this one. Penrith have their own amazing story. They started the year pretty slowly, and since round 14, they've won 12 of 13. Their only loss was a two-point defeat at the hands of Wyong earlier in the year. If you, They'll undoubtedly go right. Their edge of Micah Sevo and Jed Cartwright is something else. Micah Sevo, I'm not sure about his background. He is phenomenal. He scored a try after the halftime siren that got them into that game against Wyong on Sunday night. And he is serious, and he saved one as well at a crucial point late in the second half. He's a freak. Um, watch for him, honestly. And I don't know if he's got a contract next year, but I expect a team to pick him up, and he could come into calculations for a wing spot in the NRL in 2018. I don't know how I'm sort of leaning towards this one because mm. I'd love to see the Hunters get up and just because what it means to, you know, the people in PNG yeah. and, you know, the, the great story it would be. But I'd also love to see, you know, Penrith uh, do well as well, obviously representing the New South Wales uh, Cup, or sorry, the Interest Super Premiership competition. Uh, I'm leaning towards a Penrith win. What are you, what are you guys seeing? Oh, I'll take the Hunters in an upset. I think they had a lot of um, sort of handling errors and missed chances early on last week that if they can take a few lessons out of that and you execute a bit better, I think they'd really sort of ruffle a few feathers. Yeah, obviously haven't watched as much of this competition as the others, but from what I've seen of Penrith, they've got quite a bit of talent. Mitch Rayner talker, I mean, mm. a lot of teams would give for that in the NRL, so I've got Penrith in a tight one. All right, now we turn our attention back to the main game to get your final thoughts on this one. Uh, first of all, we'll start with a tip. Who's going to take it out? I will take the Cowboys in an upset, in Ooh. a boil over. Uh, Michael Morgan for the Clive Churchill medal. Um, Tal Malolo for another 200 plus metres. Um, Storm to score first through Vunivalu and then Cowboys to get in the grind, um, get back in front narrowly at half time and then cling on for a four point win. All right. <laughs> so, as we all know, whenever Melbourne lose a grand final, they win the following year. Um, that stat, don't know if that'll hold true this week. But I see the game playing out one of two ways. If the Cowboys 
keep doing what they're doing, getting through 85% of their sets. And Melbourne play like they did in the first half against Brisbane. North Queensland win by seven. However, if Melbourne play to their potential, doesn't matter how well the Cowboys play, Melbourne will win. I think they've got the better team, the better game, uh, the better strategy. And they won't just win by a bit. I've actually got them winning by a fair margin, unlike the last two years. They win by 26. Um, Whoa. Yep. <laughs> uh, I just see it playing out that way. I think... Uh, we'll see a trick play like we always do. We saw the Sharks score first last year from yeah, a scrum. scrum and yeah. I think in the grand final, you always see something like that. So I'm looking at <coughs> someone like Curtis Scott. Uh, I don't know, just a little trick play on the left. Cameron Munster, maybe a little cheeky kick. For, we've seen him do it for Car. It hasn't quite come off this finals, but I just see them executing it properly. Curtis Scott for the first try. And Cameron Smith, the one thing he hasn't won is the Clive Churchill medal. <laughs> he watched Greg Inglis get it in 07, Billy Slater 09, Cronk 2012. It's his year to shine. Well, I'm not going to be as bold as uh, CK with my tip. Mine's <laughs> probably a bit more, I guess, predictable. I'll go the Storm by 14, Josh Adokar to be the first try scorer. And I'm agreeing with Martin with uh, Cameron Smith to take home the Clive Churchill medal. Well, that's us for the podcast in 2017. It's been an absolute pleasure and we hope you've enjoyed listening. Thank you to Andy Bryan, who hosted the Fantasy Podcast for the majority of the season, and to Don Brock as well, who was on the show for the majority of the year. Thanks as well to our producer Ben Wallace and the entire team at Chief Entertainment for looking after things behind the scenes. And of course, thanks to both of you for our brief but memorable run during the final <laughs> series. It's, it's been a real joy. Our tipping's been on point. Yeah, I've enjoyed it. Yeah, as long as people listen to the content and not the tips, then I'm sure they'll be happy. <laughs> you can get your grand final tickets at nrl.com slash tickets and you can find us on Twitter at Adrian McMurray, at CKennedy80 and at Martin J. Gabor. Not long to go now. Enjoy the 2017 Grand Final. This has been the NRL.com Final Series Podcast.